1: Will Earth's final war break out in Jerusalem? Many Christians look to Jerusalem and they say, Earth's final war is going to break out there in Jerusalem. Is the invasion of Jerusalem by enemy armies a sign of the end there are many people that believe that a sign of the end is that enemy armies are going to attack jerusalem and that when you see those enemy armies enter into jerusalem you know that that indeed is a sign of the last days and a sign of the end
0: that's pastor mark finley and this is hope lives 365 at hope lives 365 we believe god answers prayer If you would like us to pray for you, then keep in mind this telephone number throughout today's broadcast, 888-244-HOPE. That's 888-244-HOPE. Here now is our pastor teacher, Mark Finley, with today's Hope Lives 365.
1: One of the favorite cities in the world that I visit is the city of Jerusalem. Jerusalem is almost like the mother of all cities, when you come to Jerusalem, it's like whoever you are, it's like going home. Jerusalem has four major quarters. There is the Christian quarter. You can enter in through the New Gate to the Christian quarter. You can come into the Armenian quarter through the Zion Gate. You can come in through the Damascus Gate into the Muslim Quarter, or you can even go in through Herod's Gate. You can come into the Jewish Quarter through the Dung Gate. So four quarters, Jewish Quarter, Armenian Quarter, Christian Quarter, and Muslim Quarter. The Temple Mount is upon this mount today that we find the al Ask Mosque and the famous Golden Dome of the Rock. Coming into the Temple Gate, you'll notice something very interesting. As you come in through the Golden Gate, this gate is actually sealed up. You can no longer enter in through this gate. The reason for that is that many, many years ago, that gate was sealed. In front of this gate, you will find a cemetery, a Jewish cemetery. Our Jewish friends believe that when the Messiah comes, he will enter in through this Golden Gate. And as he does, the gate will be opened again, and everyone who has died, those Jews who have died, will be resurrected from the dead as he comes through that gate. Now, it is this Temple Mount that is the center of activity. It's the Temple Mount that is the center of unusual, unusual conflict between the Jews, our Israeli friends, and the Arabs. At the Western Wall... Many of our Jewish friends will come to pray and they believe that when the Messiah comes, the Messiah will come and bring glory and splendor back to Israel again. But right above the western wall is the Dome of the Rock that sits on the place that the former Jewish temple built in the days of Herod sat. So this western wall is the last portion of Herod's temple That remains after the destruction of the temple by Titus in 70 AD. Often, as I have been there, there have been conflicts. Those conflicts have taken place at times when stone-throwing Arab children have thrown stones down at worshippers. There has been a conflict back and forth, tear gas. So this place is a very volatile place today. Temple Mount is a place that's very sacred to our Muslim friends where the Western Wall is a place very sacred to our Jewish friends will earth's final war break out in Jerusalem? Many Christians look to Jerusalem and they say, earth's final war is going to break out there in Jerusalem. Is the invasion of Jerusalem by enemy armies a sign of the end? There are many people that believe that a sign of the end is that enemy armies are going to attack Jerusalem and that when you see those enemy armies enter into Jerusalem, you know that that indeed is a sign of the last days and a sign of the end. Now, Jesus talked to his disciples about a coming destruction of Jerusalem. Jesus lived, of course, in the first century, and his ministry ended in the early 30s, 31 AD. Jesus talked to his disciples. He talked to them about a coming Holocaust on Jerusalem. He talked about the Roman armies that would invade Jerusalem under Titus, the Roman general, in 70 A.D. The Roman armies surrounded Jerusalem, and as they did, they laid siege to the city. That siege lasted for many, many months. Seventy thousand Roman troops surrounded Jerusalem and laid siege. The siege lasted month after month after month after month. Josephus, the Jewish historian, describes the devastating effects of the siege this way. The best friends would often come to blows over a small piece of bread. Children would often rip food from their parents' mouths. Neither brother nor sister had mercy upon the other. A bushel of corn was more precious than gold. Josephus goes on, driven by hunger. Some ate manure. Incidentally, there are instances in that siege of Jerusalem that the hunger was so bad that some parents boiled their children and ate them. Notice what Josephus, the historian, says. During the siege of Jerusalem, driven by hunger, some ate manure. Some the cinches of their saddles. Some the leather stripped from their shields. Some still had hay in their mouths when their bodies were found. Some sought to escape starvation by means of their own filth. So many died of starvation that 115,000 corpses were found in the city and buried. Ladies and gentlemen, the attack of the Roman soldiers on Jerusalem was gruesome, and it was a devastating attack. Jerusalem, of course, was burned. Thousands died. The Romans occupied the city. When Jesus told his disciples about the destruction of Jerusalem, the disciples thought that an event so cataclysmic, so destructive as the destruction of Jerusalem, they thought that must be the end of the world. The first time I visited the burnt house was probably 15 to 20 years ago. The burnt house is a house that the archaeologists uncovered in the 1970s, and as they uncovered this house, it had the ruins of The first century destruction. This house of an aristocratic family that was burnt, burnt to the ground in the first century when Titus attacked the city of Jerusalem. The disciples came to Jesus, and as they did, they said, Jesus, an event as cataclysmic, an event as destructive as the destruction of Jerusalem, that must be the end of the world. So the disciples said to Jesus... Matthew 24, verse 3. Let's read it together. Matthew 24, 3. What will be the sign of your coming and the end of the age? So the disciples thought that when Jesus was talking about the destruction of Jerusalem, he was talking about the end of the world. Jesus was a master. Jesus then answered the disciples' question What will be the sign of thy coming and the end of the world? He answered that question by blending two events. He told the disciples the events that would lead up to the destruction of Jerusalem in 70 AD, some 40 years in the future, but those events would be miniature events those events would be a microcosm, if you please, of the greater events that would take place just before the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. So in Matthew chapter 24, we have signs that would not simply lead up to the destruction of Jerusalem, but we have signs that would lead up to the end of the age or the end of the world. In Matthew chapter 24, Jesus outlines more than 20 signs of his return. Now, ladies and gentlemen, there are two things that I want you to be aware of tonight. One, No one sign constitutes the end of time. But when you see all the signs taking place all the time, converging together, you know the end is near. Secondly, nobody knows the day of the hour of Christ coming. If somebody says, Jesus is coming in 2009, you know that they are pretending to know more than Jesus said it was possible to know. So Jesus does not give us in his word a date for his coming. Jesus does outline signs. And tonight we want to review those signs. Signs of the return of our Lord. Signs that were in miniature before the destruction of Jerusalem in the first century and signs that would lead up on a universal scale magnified to his second coming. There are signs in the world of religion that Jesus gave. There are signs in the world of politics that Jesus gave. There are signs that Jesus gave that are in the world of nature, natural phenomena that Jesus said would take place before he came. There are signs in the world of society, in the world of morality that Jesus gave. No one sign constitutes a sign of the times. But when you see all the signs taking place all the time, you know that the coming of Jesus is near. Tonight, we're going to look at those signs. Tonight, we're going to review what Jesus himself said about end events. Jesus first said, there will be false Christs and false prophets. In other words, an explosion of all sorts of, all types of, all manner of false religion jesus said matthew 24 verse 24 for false Christs and false prophets will rise and show great signs and wonders
0: pastor mark finley will continue with more in just a moment stay tuned hope lives 365 is a donor supported ministry We step out in faith to purchase airtime on this station because we believe God is working through this radio ministry to touch tens of thousands of lives. Each of our messages is prayed over, biblical messages of hope and Bible truth. To continue, we need your support. We do not have a large ministry fundraising machine. We operate totally by faith. If you have been blessed by our ministry, go to our website, hopelives365.com. Or call our toll-free number to make your contribution of any size today. That number is 888-244-HOPE. That's 888-244-4673. Here now, once again, Pastor Mark Finley.
1: So Jesus said there will be a proliferation of false religions. There will be a proliferation of false spirituality, false Christs, and false prophets. Men would arise, women would arise saying, come, follow me, I am indeed a messianic figure. Jim Jones in the 70s and 80s, you remember Jim Jones was quite a popular religious figure in San Francisco. He had a large evangelical church and Jim Jones held up the Bible one day and as his followers were looking at the Bible, he said, don't look at this, he said, look at me. But ultimately, they did look at him, but looked at him too long. He led them to the jungles of Guyana, where there almost a 1,000 committed mass suicide. Time magazine called it the cult of death. Jim Jones wasn't the only cult leader that would arise in America recently. Think of David Koresh, who said, I am the Lamb of God, the tragedy in Waco. Some time ago, I interviewed one of the followers of David Koresh, who was in the compound at Waco and left two weeks before the fiery inferno of death. And he told me that David Koresh indeed pretended to be a cult-like messianic figure. Or think of Marshall Applewhite, Time Magazine talked about inside the web of death, Heaven's Gate cult, Rancho Santa Fe, California. Marshall Applewhite believed that after the hale Bop comet that there would be a saucer-like ship that would come to Earth and deliver the followers of Marshall Applewhite, but they were led to mass suicide. Each of them had a buzz crew cut. They had their black shirts on, their black pants, black jogging shoes, black case at the bottom of their bed with their passports on their bodies and their identification. Now, the interesting thing about this is this. When the police finally received the message that this mass suicide had occurred and the word got out, within a matter of a couple of hours, the police station in Rancho Santa Fe, California, received over 1,500 phone calls from parents whose children had joined a cult and the parents didn't know where their kids were. The Bible said, "False Christ and false prophets." We see that taking place around the world. Think of Japan, Shoko Asahara. The cult of doom. Again, cults are rising up faster than mushrooms in a Florida rain in the forest on a spring day. A cult that rose in Uganda. Thousands following that cult. As I travel around the world, there is no doubt about it. False Christ, false prophets, false spirituality that indeed is taking place. Books on magazines and movies and on the occult are selling in multiplied millions. You see, if you cast off the Bible... If you cast off belief in God, the heart still seeks for spirituality, and it goes down a pathway of deception. The modern occult, Wiccan, Pagan, and Druid religion, according to the American Religious Identity Survey, ARIS, the modern occult, Wiccan, Pagan, and Druid religion is now listed among the 10 largest organized religions in the country. Teens especially are attracted to these occult movements and outnumber older converts by three to one. Did you recognize that the occult is one of the top ten religions in America today? Jesus said false Christs. Jesus said false prophets. Jesus said the rise of the occult in spiritualism. According to the website www.cultlink.org, an estimated 5 to 7 million Americans have been involved in cults or cult-like groups. Ladies and gentlemen, Jesus' prediction about false Christs and false prophets is coming true before our eyes. It's coming true in our day. The total number of these cult false religious groups range from between 3,000 to 5,000. There are approximately 180,000 new cult recruits every single year. We are living at a time when prophecy is being fulfilled before our very eyes. Now, counterfeits are not always easy to recognize. For example, take the New Age movement. In the United States, during the last 10 years, the number of people who identify themselves as belonging to the New Age movement increased 247%. The New Age movement believes in the idea of God within you. They believe the idea that everybody is God. Jesus said false Christ." Jesus said false prophets, we see that taking place before our eyes. The prophecies in the world of religion and politics are coming true. What did Jesus say about the civil society? What did he say about this political world in the rise of nations around us? Jesus talked about war. And Jesus said this, Matthew 24, verse 6, "'You shall hear of wars and rumors of wars.'" Now somebody says, wait a minute, Pastor, how could wars be a sign of the end? Haven't we always had wars down through the century? Haven't we always had wars in every generation? Notice the Bible doesn't say there will be a war. Jesus says you'll hear of wars and what? What does it say? Rumors of wars. In other words, wars on an international scale. Remember, no one sign constitutes a sign of the coming of Jesus. But when you see all of the signs taking place together and combined, you know that the coming of Jesus is near. Jesus said there'll be wars and rumors of wars. Jesus predicted just before the end there would be international conflicts on a global scale, on a scale that is unprecedented. He said that the conflagration of war would break out. Read it with me, please. Matthew 24, verse 7. For nation will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom. Not a single war, but wars on a universal scale. The 20th century was the bloodiest century of all. In the 20th century alone, there were 165 wars that killed more than 6,000 people. Five of these wars claim more than six million victims. There are 180 million deaths from war alone in the 20th century. We had World War I and World War II. For the first time in the history of humanity in the 20th century, we had World War I and World War II. We had the Korean War, the Vietnam War, the Indochina conflict, the Iran-Iraq war, the Middle East conflicts, and tribal wars in Africa. But think about the 21st century, and we've had the Second Congo War. We've had the war on terrorism in Iraq and Afghanistan. We've had the Darfur conflict. We had the Israeli-Lebanese conflict. We had the Russia-Georgia conflict. Starting with the 20th century, 1914 to 17, we had World War I, and 1939, 1940, and so forth, when we had World War Two. We have entered into a period of, a generation of war, and Jesus said, nation will rise against nation. Kingdom will rise against kingdom. There'll be wars. That prophecy indeed is coming true. Jesus also discussed, as did the other prophets, that at the same time nations were arming for war, there would be treaties for peace. We would arm for war, but talk about peace. Read it with me in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 3. Let's read together. For when they say, peace and safety, then sudden destruction comes upon them, and they shall not escape. So the ink on the peace treaties would be hardly dry. Opposing generals and opposing presidents and leaders and heads of state would shake hands. But they would shake hands, but within months and years, war would break out again. You remember well the peace treaty that Jimmy Carter initiated between Enwar Sadat and Mahak and Begin, between the Arabs and Israelis. But it wasn't too long after that, that war broke out again. And then President Clinton, you remember that famous photograph at the White House where Rabin of Israel and Arafat of the Palestinians shook hands. It was a historic moment, but it wasn't long after that war broke out again. The Bible says they will say peace and safety, but then sudden destruction comes exactly as the Bible predicted. You know, the Treaty of Versailles took place June 28, 1919 after the First World War leading to the League of Nations. The First World War was to be the war that ended all wars, but yet the League of Nations did not solve the problem of war. The United Nations was to be a confluence of, a union of nations that would solve the problem of war, but that does not happen. Let me hasten to add that we applaud every country's best efforts for peace. War is a very horrible thing, and often the innocent suffer in war. But we recognize as Christians, that there'll never be permanent peace on earth until Jesus Christ, the Prince of Peace, comes. There'll never be peace on earth until there's peace in human hearts. There'll never be peace on earth until the one who is the rightful ruler sets up his kingdom, the Prince of Peace, who will come again. Jesus said false Christ and false prophets. Jesus said false religions. Jesus said the rise of spiritualism. Jesus said wars and rumors of wars. Jesus said movements for peace. We see that happening before our eyes. The Bible predicted that Jesus would come at a time when the human race has the potential for nuclear destruction. Jesus would come at a time when the human race has the potential to destroy itself. The book of Revelation, the last book of the Bible, written for the last generation of men and women to live on a planet called Earth, Revelation 11, verse 18. The nations were what, everybody? angry and your wrath has come and the time of the dead that they should be judged. When's that? When Jesus comes that you should reward your servants the prophets and the saints. Here's the time that Jesus will come to give out his reward. And those who fear your name small and great and should destroy those who destroy what? The earth. A hundred years ago did the human race have the capacity to destroy the earth? Did they? Do we have the capacity to destroy the earth today? with our atomic weaponry, with thermonuclear weaponry. For the first time in history, the human race has the capacity to destroy itself. When the atomic bomb exploded on Hiroshima and Nagasaki, journalist William Ripley of Believe It or Not fame said this, I'm standing on the place where the end of the world began.
0: Are you fascinated by the prophecies of revelation? Have you wished you could understand prophecy better? Do the symbols of the Bible's last book baffle you? God's Last Altar Call is just the book you need. Mark Finley clearly explains the events soon to unfold in this world. Be sure to call today for your copy, 888-244-HOPE. That's 888-244-4673. The book is yours for a donation of any size. Thank you for your generosity. Your donations keep this ministry on the air. Again, thank you for your support. 888-244-HOPE. That's 888-244-4673. Thanks for listening today to Hope Lives 365.